Before Mary sung her song, the Magnificat, that we talked about last week, after being visited by the angel Gabriel, Luke actually began his gospel. If you rewind back to the first few verses of the gospel, which we didn't read last week or tonight, with another story about the angel Gabriel. And that's the background for this part of the first chapter of Luke. And that story goes like this. Zechariah was the high priest at the time, and he was ministering in the temple. And when he was ministering in the temple, he was going about the normal daily duties of being a priest, and he was offering the sacrifices. And all of a sudden, he was interrupted by the angel Gabriel coming and visiting him. And the angel Gabriel, before announcing the birth of Jesus Christ, announced the birth of another, John the Baptist, to be born to Zechariah and to Elizabeth, who was barren and of old age. Tell me if you've heard this story before. And Zechariah, despite being a man pious and of great faith, did not believe the angel Gabriel, and so... He did suffer discipline from the Lord for his doubt. His mouth was stopped. He could not speak. He became mute. He became mute. And because he was mute, he could not finish, if you think about it, remember what he was doing. He could not finish the liturgy for that day. He was offering the sacrifices and he was going to give, most likely, the benediction. Remember the benediction we give every Sunday at the end of the service. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's from the Old Testament liturgy. The ironic benediction. From Aaron that the Lord gave him way back in Deuteronomy. Zechariah was not able to say that blessing. That's what benediction means. He was not able to say the blessing that day. His mouth was stopped. And so you can see in both Zechariah and in his son, John the Baptist, this transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament. The priest, who is not able to finish the Old Testament liturgy, but transitions, as we'll see in our reading for tonight, to a New Testament liturgy. And the prophet, who is simultaneously the last prophet of the Old Testament, John the Baptist, who proclaims repentance and the coming of Christ, but also the new first New Testament prophet, who prepares the way and makes straight the way for the Christ. They are both, both Old Testament and New Testament, priests and prophets. And it is when Zechariah follows the command of the angel Gabriel that his mouth is again opened. The angel Gabriel told him to do something that was kind of unheard of for the time. He said, give him this different name, name him John. He should have been named after at least a relative, if not his father. That was the normal custom of the time. But instead, he said, name him John. And whenever everyone questioned Elizabeth's 
Answer, what will you name the boy? And she said, John. They had to confirm with Zechariah, and so he asked for the writing tablet, wrote it down. And when his obedience had come to fruition, he was able again to speak. And he spoke a new benediction, something we call the Benedictus. You can hear in that the similarity. That's because they both mean the same thing. They both being blessing. Benedictus, benedictus, to proclaim goodness, to proclaim that which is beautiful. That is what a blessing is. It is to proclaim goodness. And he blessed the Lord, the God of Israel. He opened his mouth and he gave a blessing. But not a blessing to the people standing there before the sacrificial liturgy. But instead, first, a blessing to God. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, he said, for he has visited and redeemed his people. And that is right because all blessings should begin with God. The only one who really deserves to have good things or beautiful things proclaimed to him and about him is the Lord, the God of Israel who visits and redeems his people. And yet, in his visiting and in his redeeming his people, he chooses, out of his goodness and out of his mercy, to share his blessing with you. That is why there are actually, when you start to think about it in the church and in the Bible, so many words of blessing, not just from the people to God as it should be, but also from God to his people. And when the Lord speaks to his people in blessing, he is actually doing something. Oftentimes when we think about words today, we think of them as kind of empty. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words can never hurt me. That's not exactly true, is it? Words can do things. Words can proclaim a husband and wife married. Words can, in combination with water, baptize a child or an adult, bringing them into the life of Christ. Words can, in combination with bread and wine, be Jesus' body and blood for you. Words can do a lot, especially when they're spoken by God. And so when God speaks his blessing, when he speaks his goodness, when he speaks his beauty to you, he is giving you his grace. He is giving you his good gifts. He is giving you of himself what rightfully belongs to him, to you, as a beautiful gift. And so today we have a song of blessing, both a blessing to God, proclaiming him rightfully what he is, but also by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, the text says, and prophesied, saying these things. Filled by the Holy Spirit, Zechariah also tells you the blessings and the blessings and the blessings that he is going to shower forth in this coming New Testament era. As this transition is happening, From the old to the new, and the old is being fulfilled, 
and being given over to that which was promised from long ago. He is showering you with these amazing gifts. And there are three things you can see in this canticle, in this song, in this prophecy that Zechariah sings. There's more than three, but we're going to focus on three because we don't have all night. Three blessings that he talks about that come from God to you. And the first and foremost blessing that God gives you is this. Salvation by the forgiveness of sins. Notice how many times this blessing comes up in Zechariah's song. He has raised up for us a horn of salvation. He has promised to show mercy to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant. That we would serve him in righteousness all the days of our lives. That he would bring to remembrance the knowledge of salvation. By the forgiveness of sins. The thing from of old, the thing that you received from your father Adam, you might not be named Adam, like John was not named Zechariah, but the thing that you received from your father Adam, the thing which separated you from God. The thoughts and words and actions that you have done and that you have not done that you should have done. The things for which you deserve eternal punishment and God's wrath, your sins. He promises this blessing. He will wipe those away. Through the Christ whose way John the Baptist is preparing, he will forgive your sin. He will have mercy on his people as he promised. He will cause you to be called righteous, that you would serve him in righteousness, that you would be in a right relationship with God, your father in heaven. And he will bless you by proclaiming to you this goodness, that your sins are forgiven. And through that forgiveness of sins, you can know, you can have the knowledge that you are Saved, that is a blessing beyond all blessings. The second blessing is this deliverance from enemies. He repeats it twice that you would be saved from your enemies and that you would be delivered from the hand of your enemies. Make no, have no doubts about it. You do have enemies in this world. You do have an enemy in the devil and his demons who seek to tempt you night and day, who seek to bring you back into your ways of sin. And there are enemies of the gospel in this world who want you, like the devil wants you, to be isolated from the church, isolated from one another, fellow Christians, who want to bring you into the ways of the world, into the ways of sin and temptation. There are enemies of the gospel in this world who have treated you. I'm sure you have experienced this at some point in your life with injustice, where you have not received the goodness that you should have received, where you have received evil when you did not deserve it. But the Lord promises this, 
Like David was so often vindicated and delivered from the hand of his enemies in war, you too will have the victory. On the last day, you will be vindicated of all the injustices against you. For your David, Christ the Lord, has gone up against Goliath, the devil, and he has won the victory. He has struck him down. He has smashed the head of the serpent, and he is victorious. He is risen again from the dead, never to die again. And you share in that eternal life. You share in that Victory, and that is for you a blessing. He has spoken that vindication. He has spoken that good vindication. He has spoken that good victory to you. And finally, the third blessing we want to look at tonight is the way of peace. Because just like in the Old Testament benediction, the last word that is spoken to you is that that you would have peace. So that is the last word on Zechariah's lips in this canticle. To give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide our feet into the way of peace. That's the final word. That when you have this salvation and when you have this victory, you would have in your life peace. Peace knowing that you are right with God. Peace knowing that no enemy can have power or victory over you, peace knowing that no matter what suffering, no matter what illness, no matter what comes to you in this life, you are right with Christ, and you have eternal life in him. You have already died in your baptism. You can never die again. You have peace, peace that surpasses all understanding. Peace, knowing that you have the blessing of Christ spoken to you and spoken to you and spoken to you. And when you think about these blessings, these three blessings being spoken to you, I don't want you to just think about Zechariah speaking them to you tonight, both in the reading and when we sing his song together in just a moment. But I want you to remember also this. That the church is a place of blessing. As your pastor, who follows in the offices of prophet and priest, like Zechariah and John did, my office is an office for you to give you blessing. It's actually one of my favorite parts of the job, and to think about basically my whole job this way is that I am the blessing giver. Not me in and of myself, but me in the office of pastor. Whoever your pastor is, he is for you a blessing giver. When your sins are absolved in the stead of Christ, the forgiveness of sins and salvation is given to you, spoken a blessing. Whenever the people of God are baptized in the waters, marked with the cross of Christ, They are spoken to a blessing. Whenever you are told, this is my body, this is my blood given for you, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins, life and salvation, spoken again, also given a blessing. 
Whenever in epiphany I come and I bless your house, the place where you live, to give you protection of the holy angels from the devil and his demons, again spoken to you a blessing. Whenever I give that old blessing at the end of the service, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord give you his peace, a blessing. Whenever I visit the sick and the homebound, blessings, blessings, blessings. It is such a joy to give blessings. And remember, those blessings are not empty. When God speaks his blessings through me and also through one another, you can bless each other. Don't let me stop you. Those are real blessings, real grace, real promises, real gifts given in the form of words from God to you. And so I want to leave you with this then. Bless God. Bless God like Zechariah blessed God. Bless God a thousand times, a hundred thousand times, because he deserves it. He's the only one who really deserves it. He is the only one who you can proclaim goodness, who you can proclaim beauty to and about. But then also be blessed. Be blessed because in his goodness and in his mercy, the one who is blessed has given you blessing. And so bless God, but also be blessed. Be blessed by your pastor and be blessed by Christ himself in his word and in his sacraments. For Christ is the one who gives you the final blessing. Luke starts his gospel with an unfinished blessing. But I want you to hear how Luke finishes his gospel. This is from Luke 24, the last couple verses. And he led them out as far as Bethany, that's Jesus, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. And while he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple, blessing God. To him be all the honor and glory, now and forever. Amen.